Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is Julie Bates with the podcast, Training the Pointing Labrador, episode number 179. And we're getting a little close to Christmas, if you're re, uh, listening to this on a as-produced uh, basis. So it's kind of fun. We've had extremely warm weather, but I guess we're due for a little bit of Christmassy kind of weather. Here soon, hope so. So today's podcast is going to be, because I can't do one tomorrow, got a lot of things going. And I wanted to, I have a lot of time today, so I really wanted to make sure that I do the very best job possible on this one because it's going to be about puppies uh, and raising puppies, a, a topic that is probably my single favorite aspect to owning, having, training a dog is that part. I just, I think it's just a hugely significant part. Real quick G update. I am thrilled with this dog and I'm thrilled with her sister. I am so happy with what's happening. Um, so now we're running, uh, I mean, the longest, most challenging, most difficult marks still. Emphasis primarily on singles because I want good marking and I want confidence. Counting to two or three is not, is that's fairly, if you have the right kind of mentality and focus, you know, that's very doable. But I really want, I want a lot of belief and confidence and conviction when they do that. So still doing almost entirely singles. Uh, very difficult ones, um, and she's doing every now and then kind of, you know, messes up and goes somewhere funny, but really well, and so is her sister. Uh, they're powerful, powerful dogs, and they are dead serious about this stuff, and running multiple blinds right through the smack middle of all of that, and having ex really good success. So, very happy about that. I don't have any up on the report because I did my podcast last week after the last one. So I, I'm expecting that to be real good, but I will because we're still putting, I'm putting a cord on Kai a little bit to kick in that passivity and G seems to be getting it now, you know, the stand, but we'll see. I'll tell everybody, but things are going just the way I always would have hoped for with this breeding. So very happy with that. Now I'm going to talk about puppies. I am going to my favorite subject and probably the one that I have spent the most time soul searching about and observing and watching um, because I just think that just like with kids just like my own kids I remember my dad told me a long time ago he goes watch your kids when you're going to have them when they're two three four years old five they're going to tell you who they are you know and and uh that was interesting and he was amongst his not good things he was uh, an, a, a, just a brilliant intuitive animal person so I paid a lot of attention whenever he said things like that and and it was very true <laughs> yeah my son started ran his first race 5k when he was three no I didn't make him he's just begged and then he ran the whole thing now he does uh ultra marathon so you know at three years old he said hey I, I can do this stuff and my daughter started tearing apart all the things that are possibly tear apartable in our home. And now she's getting a PhD in biomechanical engineering. So, you know, they did. They told me who they were uh, early on. And puppies are similar to that. They have a very rapid maturing time for when they go from infants to functional dogs. You know, that's by six, seven months now we're starting formal training. You know, six or seven months, we're still hoping our kids sleep through the night. 
So I, I don't mean to make a direct comparison between those two, but as young people can tell you a lot of things and it's good to pay attention to it instead of just trying to stick them into whatever mold you want them in, uh, it, there are some very important aspects to puppy training, puppy raising, very important. And when I say that, it's not just because I think so. It's because I train, have trained hundreds and hundreds, I don't know how many hundreds of other people's dogs and find that when I get them around six, seven months, when I normally do, that depending on what the prior four months with them have been, kind of defines where most, uh, oftentimes, defines exactly what I'm going to have to do and what the program's going to be and how long or short it's going to take. Because whether they meant to or not, what they did in those four months at home from eight weeks to six or seven months, basically told that animal what its role is in life, uh, what the world is all about, what it's all about. They've done that. And so you have this six or seven month old dog that's going to be formally trained and learn to listen, respond, work for you, you know, find difficult to find things, retrieve hard to find and bring back things. They're going to do all this. And <laughs> however easily they do it is going to be uh, depending on what their role is in life. How much do I have to change who they think they are and what they think I should be doing or other people should be doing, other animals around them? Is the world just their apple and we're all there to support them? All of that is real important. So I just want to break down a few things on puppy raising. And, and I'll say this, I don't care what breed. You know, I have my little wiener dog puppy that I've talked about. She's six and a half months old or something right now and doing fabulously, <laughs> fabulously. And her breeder said, I would like you to raise one of my puppies sometime on, a, on another deal because she's just amazing. Now, I think fundamentally she is extremely talented and extremely good. And I have worked very hard to have just my own personal dog. She's my truck dog. You know, I'm not out running her in anything. I'm not doing any of that stuff. But I want her to be the kind of dog that I want to spend the next 12 or 14 years with all the time and enjoy every minute of it. And that's what I think we all want when we get puppies. So in doing that, we have to take that very critical time and begin to show them what that is. Now, what is that? What do people want? So I'm just going to give my definition of what a good dog is. <clears throat> a good dog, overall, is, to me, is the same as a very good friend. If I have a very good friend, and I do have some awesome ones, you know, this would be somebody that we could get in a road trip. Okay, we're going to drive from Colorado to Anchorage, Alaska, and then over to New England, down to Florida. It, we're going to do a big road trip and experience all kinds of things, right? Difficult times, running out of gas, whatever, you know, crazy people's big accident on a road shut down, whatever. We're going to experience all kinds of things. Can't find a place to stay the night. Can't find what we were looking for. <clears throat> I want somebody with me right on a road trip that remains good natured, that remains positive, that helps out in everything, that doesn't get cranky, that doesn't just refuse to participate, the whole deal. Somebody that is a pleasure to go on this big adventure because we don't know like all the things that are going to happen. And that's the same kind of dog that I want. That is exactly the same kind of dog, whether it's a dachshund like I have or it's a Malamute that you want to do stuff with, or it's a hunting dog or retrieving dog or pointing dog. 
that presumably spends doesn't just live out in the kennel and go hunt for you and then go back in the kennel. That's kind of like a tractor that you have to feed. But what do we want out of these dogs? We want a partner, right, who has a great attitude. I didn't say obnoxious. I said a great attitude. We want to have a partner that at all stages of their life is very optimistic, very enjoys doing whatever it is you're going to do, whether it's the work stuff or the watch football on Sunday afternoon stuff or the go hiking and fishing stuff. Somebody that's like all gung-ho about that. And then you want somebody who also views their role as also part of, it has a job in your life. It has a purpose it serves just like all the rest of us do in our lives. You know, I got to get up and pay the bills and do stuff every day. So do most of you. And so these guys also feel the best when they clearly understand what their job and their role is and they get to carry it out. And we spend a lot of time teaching them and getting them very good at that. That gives them a great deal of satisfaction. So I know no one is going to disagree with that. But what does that mean when you're raising these puppies? It means that when you have a little puppy, you get it eight weeks old, nothing cuter. They have puppy breath. They are precious. So now everyone is just wants to get their hands on the puppy, right? You, you, you just have to touch the puppy. And so everybody, we pick the puppy up. Everybody knows me, already knows I'm a Sandista. We pick the puppy up and we cuddle it and we do all these things with it as if it weren't a dog, a, a carnivore, a hunting animal, but as if it was just this toy that's just so precious. And we pick it up a lot and then we pick it up a lot. So we teach the dog that all the love and warm stuff is up in your face and up in your chest and up on your shoulders. So that a little bit later when they get big enough, they jump all over you. And then it's like, well, that's not terrible. And then there's always one person in the family says, well, she doesn't jump on me. <laughs> you probably didn't pick her up a bunch. but So you, we teach them, one, that they're actually a toy and that they don't have to show any respect for our physicality or our bodies. In their world, in the dog world, when mom raises them and dad's around and stuff and they cross the line, they get fit corrected real quickly. You don't just go jump on dad anytime you want or you don't just go jump on mom if she's busy and they show the little guys, don't, don't do this. So they're used to understanding that they have to have respect for the senior members in their life, the alpha dogs. And they should learn that from the very beginning. I wouldn't su suggest biting and rolling them like their mother would do. But you don't, for one, don't teach them all the stuff you ultimately aren't going to want. Don't keep picking them up. If you want to go love and, and smooch on them, then sit down on their bed or their cushion and then love and smooch on them. Go into their airspace and do whatever it is you enjoy and then leave. And they cannot come into yours and assault you. That is such a simple thing to do. But if all the kids are picking it up or all whatever, okay, then you've got, you've got a dog that's going to do that. Once you raise a puppy to never believe that it can go into your restricted airspace and do whatever it wants, you'll raise all of them that way because it's very nice. They don't know that that's not, you know, that you're being tough on them. They just know, hey, I don't go jump in their face or put my feet all over them. So that's just one simple thing teaching respect. If you want a dog to be trained like a lot of people listening to this podcast do, if you want that, it will be to the dog's advantage. I'm not even talking about yours, but it will be to yours. It will be to your dog's advantage. If you get them into a l learning how to learn mode, 
instead of, okay, you are the anointed one. You're the cutest thing we've had in this house for 15 years. And so anything you want, you can have. You can have all the best dog beds and all the toys, and you can go out whenever you want and come in whenever you want and get on the couch if you want and do this, and you can just do whatever you want. And if you bark, I'll just go see what you're barking at. And you teach them that everything is about them. Like we've kind of had the the Queen of Sheba come, and we're just going to let them have whatever because they're so cute and we just love them, right? And this stage is so short, so no harm done. We'll just love and love on them. Then what you've done is teach them they're the center of the universe, and everything is about pleasing them. Everything is about their happiness. Everything is about their needs and wants. And as much as that would be nice for all of us to have, None of us have that. That's not how life functions. It doesn't for canines anywhere out in the wild or with us. There are certain rules for them. There are certain jobs they have to have and there are certain behaviors. And they contribute and they're loved and they're a part of it. But it's not all about them. And so as cute as those little 10-week-old guys are, they can still learn that you're the dominant thing and that you define a lot of what's going on. That's one of the things the walk is particularly for. If you take your little puppy, I've done it on my wiener dog every day. That's why I know she's going to be a field champion because, boy, can that dog find a bunny. Just because we take the walk every day. She also now knows that you always stay with me. You don't just go wherever you want. And on a dog sign, that's a big deal. And every other dog in the world can learn that. We go places, you just stay with me. I don't have to have a leash. I don't have to beg you. I don't have to bribe you. You just stay with me. So you start at eight weeks, if they're physically capable, and do it for all of their growing up life, preferably the whole thing, then they just learn, I always got to keep an eye on where you are, and I always go with you. And they get very physical, and they get strong, and they enjoy it because they're out in the natural world. You don't do this in the backyard. You do it in different places and new places so that it's an adventure and it becomes one of their jobs is to go do this walk with you so yes the walk is good it's fun for you it gets them in shape it exposes them if you have a field dog it exposes them to field things and teaches them about stickers and bush bushes that hurt you and things that you don't want to eat and things you don't want to step in right it does it teaches that but most of all, it teaches them, one, that you're the alpha dog, and two, that there's so much to understand and learn, and they, that they need to figure things out, and they need to respond to you. And you get their brain into a taking-in information mode instead of a expressing their whims and whatever they want. Really, really important in the head. I mean really important. When I get dogs on that have, in that have done that, one, a person can just let them out of their vehicle and they don't run off a six-month-old puppy because it goes, okay, what are we doing? Which way are we going? And then when you put it in a kennel and it goes, well, I don't really want to be here, but I guess I'm here right now. And they learn to make adjustments to what the real world does to them, for them, with them, and to go along with it. And then when you start teaching them new behaviors, instead of them going, what fresh torture is this? Who are you? This is terrible. They go, what are we doing? I don't understand. And then you show them, you know, you need to walk next to me on one side. You need to sit when I say sit. You need to come every time I call. And instead of having to use <clears throat> a lot of, one, I don't, I don't beg them with a treat. 
I mean, it's like, hey, when I call you, you got to come. That's just it. You're, I don't, uh, I respect these animals a lot more than trying to uh, bribe them into behavior. I show them what I want and ask them to do it. Then they don't expect, it's not about how happy they are about doing it. A treat makes them happy about doing something for you. I need you to just do something for me. And that's, a, I think, far more respectful <laughs> because I know they can understand that. So uh, <laughs> we just teach them these things. And it, if their mind is learned, you know, sometimes I got to do stuff and, and they explain things to me and I need to give them attention and I need to be able to focus on them, right? That's huge. And you can do that as a little puppy. You know, be careful of meeting their every need and and listening and paying attention to their every whim. It You know, they should learn to be just like humans, a respectful little creature that's loved and adored and is a part of stuff, but knows where the lines are, where the boundaries are. You can teach those, not, not by heavy stuff, but, you know, just teach them one, they can't jump on you by not picking them up. Teach them that when you want them to go out, they go out. Period. That's just it. You need them out. Or when you put them in your crate or your run or wherever you do, that's where you go. I told you, I when I get an eight-week-old puppy in, I will put them away the first day into a run or somewhere, crate, for my little wiener dog, and they stay there. And I know you're not going to like it, and I know you just want to be in the middle center of everything, but I'm going to teach you before you even know anything that sometimes you're put away and it's quiet time and you're by yourself. I don't just turn you out with the other dog so that now you, you, it's like putting your kid in front of a video game. You know, now you, they'll be so engrossed in that that I don't have to do anything for them. Don't, that's what the other dog usually is with a puppy. Every puppy I've ever had, ever, 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 on, from day one, spend some time by itself. Always. So that if I ever have to do have them in a crate or ever I have to do leave and leave them somewhere, it's not a traumatic thing. I have never had the separation anxiety issue that people talk about because I teach them right on day one when they don't know about anything yet that sometimes you're alone and you can kind of howl and make noise for a few days, that's all, and you're just going to get used to it. So after a walk, you take a walk with them. They're tired. Little guys are tired. Give them a little breakfast. Put them away. So they're satisfied. They've exhausted themselves physically. They've eaten. They've had their love time with you. And now they're going to learn. Now you just kind of cool your jets. So that's very important. Um, it's very important to learn for them to learn that if you say something or do something, it is significant. That's important. Yes, a little dog that can't really take in a lot of stuff. So in other words, if you call them to you and call them, 14 times and they finally come and you call it a win and figure they're figuring out what that means by using the word that many times that's not really what happens they're just learning that you make a lot of noise and eventually they'll you know wind up doing what you wanted or not in other words they're not learning anything so if you ask them to come to you and they don't go get them and have them that way you pick them up and make them come to you pick them up yeah, pick them up and take them where you are. Put them down. Now don't do the love pickup. Do the, I called you, you need to come over here. But if you teach them, and this takes a lot of thought on the human. That's why it doesn't happen. That if you say something, they always wind up doing it. Not through any kind of correction or training pressure or anything on a little guy. 
But whenever you ask them to do something, they wind up doing it. You begin to implant that kind of thought process in their head. And that is, ha, I heard something. I need to think about it. I need to listen for it. And you can start that early, and it pays off. It pays off hugely. But And then probably one of the most important things, and this is for any dog, for every living creature, as a matter of fact, they have to have a purpose. They, these creatures were created, all of us, all the, the uh, I haven't figured out the tick thing, but an alligator, a giraffe, a dog, you and I, we all have, really want to have a sense of purpose. Not just sit here and breathe air and eat stuff till we die and wonder what we're doing here. Nobody wants that. You want to have something that you do that contributes that is valued by yourself and other people and makes you have a sense of accomplishment and, again, meaning, value. You're here for a reason. And believe it or not, our dogs do as well. You know, one of the reasons my little puppies, like my breeder, had said, I want you to raise my next dog is because that's my number one prime thing with them is well, you have a job. Now, for my little dachshund, and this isn't a dachshund group I'm talking to, right? We would just go out in the beginning, and she's walking through the field and looking for disgusting things to eat, which she's every bit as good as a lab at that. And we're out there, and then we start to discover the little critters because there's a lot of rabbits where we are, you know, and there's mice and stuff. And she began to discover that. Okay, light bulb came on light bulb came on so if we go out into one kind of a field she's digging around looking for stuff still staying with me <laughs> she's still you know she can't just stay in one and tune me out and do whatever she wants so I've taught her yes these delightful things are out here I'm still more important but you're going to get to do that but when I say we're move on and we're going over here we go even if I have to go get her right so she learned that. And then when we're in the other parts of the field where the rabbits are, I haven't helped them. I mean, she's just on a mission. So this dog, just through our time together, without not on a leash, none of this, no commands, nothing, has learned, I'm on this earth to go get those furry things. But she chases chuckers too. She's, I got to get that one out of her, but, but I can't help that. We encounter a lot of those, and she tries to, she's a flusher though. But in, anyway, she, I mean, she knows why she's here. Come in the house, you know, and she's the most affectionate, wants you to play toys with her. She has a very nice bed, fancy bed, right? And, and I go over to her and do a lot of loving on her because I adore that little dog. So, yeah, I'm training this dog a ton. She is robust. She is confident. She believes that she has a purpose. And that's what we want in every dog. And also knows you have to listen to her. <laughs> when the lady says something, you really do need to listen. And it's all, she's six and a half months old. So with our hunting dogs, you know, they need to go out with you and do all this stuff and learn that if you call them or do something, they really do need to pay attention. And the earlier you start, the less tools and using of pressure to get them to do that later. If you've never done it, and I get them and other trainers get them, we have to be a little demanding on them to go, all right, rules have changed. You can't just do whatever you want. Now you've got to, oh, I'm sorry that dogs have to go through that. It would be much nicer if they just continued right into training, knowing that they have a job and that they have to learn what it is and that the demands increase with time, with their maturity, just like they do with us. 
demands increase. It's not hard to do. All you have to do when you have a puppy is sit there and go, is this dog doing whatever it wants? Or is it taking into account where it is and what the rules are around here? One of my pet peeves is the door. Because a door opens does not mean come smashing in or out of it. It just doesn't. It just does not. I had to really work on my wiener dog on that one. But when I open the door, they need to find out, am I going through or not? Am I coming in when you open the door or are you coming out? Or are you going out first or am I? You can teach that to uh, to dogs so that when you open a door, it you don't get just slammed to the side or the door get busted open or, oh, golly, you can start that with a puppy. They just need to be respectful of what's happening because a door or a gate or something opens is not like strong as one wins, go. And people just let that happen. You know, bark anytime you want. They don't need to express themselves inappropriately they don't and little dogs can learn you know unless if there's something outside the fence and it's intimidating and stuff it's their natural thing to bark but if they're just out in the kennel and you've had them for three months and they just bark because they don't want to be out there they you should have learned it in the taught them in the very beginning never to do that and on the retrievers guys and most people listening to this are retriever people right retrieving is what they do most of them I mean, there's a few that aren't that interested, but most of all, they're pretty interested. And so that's a job that is ultimately going to become really part of their job. If you're going to compete with them or you're going to hunt with them or both, right? That's the retrieving is what makes them want to go look for the upland birds. And the retrieving is what makes them get into cold water and into thickly thorns and stuff to go get stuff. So if you teach them, this is not... A thing that we do in the house and throw the toy 47 times, it's just fun. That's really more fun for you. That's why that's happening. Plus, you think you're exercising the dog. It doesn't make it a job. It makes it something that becomes tiring and boring after a while. So if you take these little retrievers and do a couple retrieves in, in the, when they're little in the house maybe with something that is their retrieve thing, their thing, and then when you're out on the walk and you do a, just a few retrieves, and this, then the side of this retrieve object, a single, a puppy bumper, something. Not every toy they have. So now we're starting to teach this job about this delightful place where it has a strong sense of value and meaning and purpose in this retrieving. So you have just one thing, and you do it maybe in the morning, maybe on the walk, right? maybe in the evening, just a few times, not any, the pup is going to want much, much more. But by not doing as much as they want, we never dilute the focus and intensity on that stuff. We want focus and intensity. And so do it a few times and then keep on going with your walk. They begin, they get terribly passionate and they really want to do it. Encourage them to come all the way to you and encourage them to to, to go to your hand from their mouth to your hand if at all possible that's just that's just real <laughs> oh retriever people that is so important because when they are passionate focused on this and really understand what it is man you can just hit the ground running when you start making things more difficult and you start imposing a few more rules or you you force fetch them and they're like whatever i'll do whatever you say let's just retrieve come on and you don't have them retrieve. Don't throw sticks. Don't throw sticks. 
um, because then if they can't find the bird, they'll bring you a stick. So have a thing that they retrieve. And so when they see it, oh, they're so excited. And as they get a little older, you'll have to make it a little bit bigger, but they should have their, their job. Oh, there's the bumper. I'm going to go do this. And taping a wing on it or a feather does not teach them that this is a bird. It's just a bumper with a wing on it. They just aren't that stupid, okay? And so get the retrieving thing going really well. And it's that desire to retrieve that allows you to introduce the gun in the correct way. So the gun means you get to retrieve. Ah, it's a terribly exciting thing. Awesome. And then when you got that retrieving thing, now you, if you want to teach the upland, you know, you go out in the field and they discover that these things are there and that they get to retrieve them. <gasps> now we want to go hunting. It really is all that. But only, and on, the, on a very young dog, if you keep in mind what they're thinking about stuff, and one, you make them think and take a little bit of puppy responsibility about stuff, and they can do it, and they can be respectful to you, the airspace around you, your belongings, and your things. But they aren't going to naturally be that way unless you show them that. And that's going to be the easiest dog to train in the world. It's going to be a dog with a robust and confident behavior because they understand their role in the world and how this works. And also they're going to have a good attitude. They're going to be, if you're on a big adventure, right, a big dog adventure, and the, things change and they aren't what they expect, they're like, okay, what's up? And they have that robust, great attitude. And they don't view other dogs as play toys or other dogs as diversions because you've got them focused on the job they do and not out of being tough or demanding or hurting them or anything, but by having developed that job and that focus from the beginning. And then when there's other dogs, it's like, cool, are we doing something? That's the easiest, most enjoyable dog in the world. And you can just do as much as you want with them. So I have to get that out. I know there's, it's, there's, you know, there's puppies and people are getting excited and dogs are a lot of breeding happening right now. So if you could think about this or if you have your own and kind of change things around, if is it an entitled, I just, I want what I want and you're here to provide it. There's no one in the world likes that dog <laughs> except you maybe nobody. And that's the most unfair thing you can do to a kid or an animal is make them think the world is their apple and everything is there to make them happy. Because that's not the way this world was created. So that's today's. That's this week's. Um, I want to get some upland going. Tell you how G and her sister are doing. And I hope that everybody is having hunting season. Man, people are at it. I hope everyone is having a safe, uh, healthy, happy hunting season. And a holiday season and a fantastic Christmas. And I will be back very soon. <laughs>